Hello beautiful people, thank you so much as always for clicking on this podcast and this particular episode of Joe Blogs about films. Whether you're a first time listener or a long time listener, as I state on each episode, it is greatly appreciated and I really do appreciate your constant, constant support. In this episode, we're going to be talking about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. This is going to blow people away. Just going to get that out there off the bat. This will honestly take your breath away. It's crazy to think that it's been about five years since the last Spider-Verse film dropped and, again, blew people away, most notably due to the stellar animation work. And also, I think there was a lot of surprise that Sony actually managed to pull it off, given their track record with the Spider-Man character and characters in that world. But blew everyone away, they did, as Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was a huge success and one that had everyone itching for the next instalment and chapter in Miles Morales' story. And finally, in 2023, we have it. Now, I just want to get this like straight out there that I didn't mind the first one. I was more impressed at the visuals and animation more than, more than anything else, which, if anyone tries to say it didn't look good then you're just a hater, aren't you? Like there's, there's, no, there's no other word for it. The kind of person that goes against everything that's universally loved, like Forrest Gump or something. You're just being that person. Sure, we all have different opinions, and I myself haven't enjoyed things as much as, as others have, but am I going to say that the animation in these films aren't good? Absolutely not. They're absolutely phenomenal. So yeah, basically, I didn't mind the first one. I wasn't hooked on the story or anything, but I loved seeing... Miles' character on screen, as to a whole bunch of other worldly Spider-Men, Spider-Gals, as well as the incredible animation. So yeah, like I, I, I didn't mind it, but just was like, okay, I'll take, I can take, I can take it, and, and we'll run with that. And and very much was still looking forward to what they could do next. But the question now is, does the second instalment exceed expectations and again blow everyone away with the effects and the animation? Oh, absolutely, it does. Not only that. But the story in this one is fantastic. It's bigger, darker, grander in scale as you would expect with any sequel. That's what they like to do with sequels. But it sends you away wanting more. I know that we're still set to get the third release next year. But by God, do I want that film more than anything right now. Like This is a remarkable feat, really. It's, it's, it's wonderful what the team have done. And of course, I will be keeping this review reaction spoiler-free. I don't want to be that guy. I don't, you know, I, I, if you want to go in completely blind, maybe, yeah, you might want to come back later or something. Again, I'm not going to go into nitty-gritty like plot details or anything like that. Just my thoughts there. But I'm not, as I say, I don't want to go too far into spoiler territory. Uh, I'm pretty much just going to go down the list of things that were awesome in this film, really. Uh, but before we do, the podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, as to rss.com. Jump onto Facebook as well and Instagram. Give us a like and a follow on there by searching Joe Blogs About Films. And yeah, just keep up to date with the podcast. Just be awesome. Get in touch. Love to know your thoughts. Thank you, as always, for your constant, constant support. Now, back to Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. On Earth, 1610, Mars Morales is the only Spider-Man. When multiversal, portal-covered villain The Spot rises up, Gwen re-enters Miles' life, revealing an elite Spider-Team created by Miguel O'Hara. The one thing that really stood out for me in this film was this incredible family dynamic between both Miles and his family, obviously, and, and Gwen and hers from her universe. There's a lot more... Gwen in this film as well, which is absolutely fantastic. The opening, the opening alone before the title card is about 20 minutes of just excellent Gwen storyline, giving us a bit more backdrop of her universe and what's been occurring there. And then it only then obviously proceeds from that moment and how these two characters again get intertwined 
in this grander picture that is the multiverse. And Miles is just a 15-year-old kid who's trying to work out his path, or rather having to listen to others choose their paths, choose these paths for him. I think they captured this theme exceptionally well within the film for, for his character, you know, from school meetings about his career to family heart to heart, or even fallouts with the family. You see that shift as to why Miles is struggling with all this weight of having a normal life, so to speak, as well as being Brooklyn Spider-Man. Like his parents, voiced again by the fantastic Luna Lauren Velez and Brian Tyree Henry, want what's best for him you know they, they they know he's a brilliant and smart kid but they can't understand why his attention seems to be with other things as opposed to achieving greatness little do they know though he is already doing that you know oscar isaac's miguel obviously you know we'll talk about him and more so in a few takes but he says himself it is a sacrifice being spider-man it's not like a hobby this is something serious and we see that turmoil and torment that Miles has right off from the get-go. In addition to all of this, he's missing and pining after Gwen, someone who truly gets him, and vice versa. Gwen misses Miles. She under, they both have this connection, this deep-rooted connection. They understand each other, and it's like there's a love story there that's not overkill, if you know what I mean. I think that's one of the main things that I really did take away from the film. Like The story is absolutely phenomenal. That that, that What I've just gone over there is only scraping very mildly at the surface. There's so much more that happens within there but the basics are all there the basics are ticked off for the film which is why i think this succeeds so so well granted yes like i say this is only so much of the chapter and, and we're going to get the next installment next year but man alive i was completely engrossed in what was going to happen or where these characters would go next the first obviously the first film was you know a situation of different spiders different spideys entering Miles' world. This one is Miles heading out to theirs. Granted, that's a given, seeing as the title is called Across the Spider-Verse, but you know what I'm getting at. Having Miles enter so many different cool dimensions was just, again, jaw-dropping because it allowed different types of cartoon and animations to thrive. There are so many different styles in here that you'll find yourself just picking your brain to to like relocate where you've seen that style before. Like, like maybe from when you were a kid, but man, do they blend everything together so well in each frame. That, that, that's what is remarkable about it. And, and a quick shout to the, the Renaissance-themed Vulture. All I'll say is this is a perfect example of blending different animations and cartoon styles together in this film so, so easily that you can't help but grin. And grin during this film I did a lot, like smiling ear to ear throughout all of this film. It is like an artist's dream, to be honest. I think that everyone would agree that they have absolutely pushed so many boundaries and most definitely innovated the animation style and world with this film. It is simply breathtaking. There's, there's, I mean, all the words I could put out there, once you see it, you'll be like, I, there's, how, however many more adjectives can we use to describe this film? I think every single frame in this movie could be snipped and framed and hung up in your house or wherever, as it just looks absolutely gorgeous. Like, I can't applaud the team enough for what they've done and how they've put this film together. Some standouts that we see in the film in terms of multiverse and universes, sorry, is Mumbatan, which is an Indian-inspired Manhattan. And again, gorgeous, glorious, all those words. Some real fun here. And a big shout to Karen Sonny's Spider-Man India, as he was just top-notch and a great back and forth with everyone, commenting on things like the chemistry and tension between Gwen and Miles just works so well to give the audience a chuckle in the middle of this stellar action set piece that we're seeing. But it's not overkill or anything like that. I haven't really touched upon, actually, the humour and whatnot, but as expected, 
it is on top form, like really is on top form. I don't think they missed a beat really with the humour. You find yourself chuckling at one joke and then having to catch up chuckling at another two or three that's been said whilst you're chuckling from the first one. They did such a great job and balanced throughout. Like I say, it's not overkill. They don't overdo it. They've just had a great team behind it and the jokes land perfectly. In addition to Mumbatton in terms of universe, there are a ton of others that we do see, but we of course do also visit the Spider-Man headquarters of Earth 928. This is what we've seen in the trailer. This is what folks are really looking forward to. It involves a ton of different spiders, some absolutely amazing Easter eggs and nods in here as well. But they do, again, in terms of no overkill, they do excellent an excellent job with the Easter eggs and all that. Like, yeah, they, they throw them in here for fans to be like, yes, I know you, or yes, I'm familiar with that, but they don't just rely on member berries, as many other films have fallen into that trap before that we've seen over the last couple of years. This is why I think the film is just fantastic. Like it's the, it's the story, more than anything, that drives it and keeps you hooked, gripped, and absolutely in awe of what's transpiring in screen. They give you all these twists and turns, as well as incredible action sequences that probably only wouldn't work. You know, They can only be achieved through animation form. To me, this is probably the best representation of the multiverse in a Spider-Man film, or any film. Like, to be honest with you, The Flash is out in like two weeks or whatever, and I'm like, why bother? <laughs> not, I, I'm not quashing The Flash straight away, like I am looking forward to it, but I haven't seen anything like this before that's absolutely like gone, well, everyone else just may as well pack up and just leave it. Like, I am in, interested to see how much of these Spider-Man films are going to be canon in a much larger Spider-Man cinematic universe, if you get what I'm saying there. Like, obviously, you've got this Spider-Verse film, all these others, like, how bigger is this? We've we've got, like, Madame Web coming out as well. Like, I'm I'm pretty certain that, that, that this is all, everything is going to be connected. I, I just feel that Sony have just got a, they've actually got something here for a change, and I feel like they are going to try and link it all together. Like, without getting into too many theories or spills, it, it, you know what I mean? It, it does touch on what's what with the multiverse and keeps that classic multiverse theme of, oh, if you break something, even something small, the grand scale of the multiverse can be impacted. I'm pretty sure Doctor Strange said it better in No Way Home, but you get where I'm going. Like, this brings me very nicely, actually, to Spider-Man 2099, obviously played, voiced, I should say, by Oscar Isaac, and my God, my goodness, he's ace. Granted, yeah, I know I say his animation, but... His character was like the not-so-fun uncle that Doctor Strange is to Peter in the MCU. They've got the similarities that they ha they cannot let anything jeopardise or break the multiverse, but there's like this extra determination and, and borderline evil within, within Spider-Man 2099 and, you know, with making sure this task is complete. It's a much more intense dynamic as opposed to what we've seen, obviously, with Doctor Strange in the MCU. Like... It does, like I say, bring in that moral compass, especially for Miles, which is if we can change or fix something, then why shouldn't we? All because of the multiverse. Why shouldn't we just try and save and fix things? Again, that's pretty much what Tom Holland was doing in the in the No Way Home film, but it's there, it's right there. Like Miles is is pulled from pillar to post, having everything told to him, you need to do this or you can't do that, and he's having none of it. And like I do love the growth of his character in the film. He has his family at home but also his spider family being Gwen and Jake Johnson's Peter. Brings me nicely as well, actually, to some of the other characters that that that, that are that were standouts, as it was ace to have Miles' mentor Peter back and seeing how he's getting on, as to some cool additions to the cast, the likes of Daniel, Daniel Kaluuya's Hobbit, a.k.a. Spider-Punk. Not going to lie, he nearly steals the entire show, and I certainly want more from that character. 
Also in the Spider Gang is Jessica Drew, played by Issa Rae. Again, another standout and with the animations in particular, with the action sequences and stuff like that, involves her and a motorbike. Just insanely fun. The other mention I'll give is Andy Samberg, who plays Ben Riley. Oh, God. Like, speaking about humour and jokes, Samberg delivers his lines perfectly. It's unbelievable. Like, I was just really happy to see Ben Riley part of this because I love, love that Spidey outfit from the comics. But Samberg nailed this. The thing is, like, I could sit for another 20 minutes or so and, you know, gush, talk about this film and still probably not cover everything. You know, when we came out of the cinema... I said straight away, I feel like I need to watch that film about four or five times to pick everything up, the Easter eggs or the nods or whatever. And I will just say that there's a fantastic insomniac Spider-Man cameo that's been played in the background that I was like that Leo meme, just like pointing and whistling at the screen. Really, really excellent. Um, I, w- I just want to mention as well, obviously, I've again not touched upon it, but the final character that I will talk about is obviously the villain of the piece, which is The Spot, being voiced by Jason Schwartzman. I love this choice of villain, something new and that we hadn't seen in Spider-Man films before. And again, probably worked as well as it did because it was animated. The character was an animated form. Fantastic entrance for him as well. You'll have seen maybe the clip or the, any sequences that they've released online of him in the corner shop. The use of the portals adds just another fun level for this character. Like, it's a kind of bumbling buffoon to start with, but also, you know, for other characters as well, it's really fun when it comes to the action. You know, the portals opening up, hands going through here, fingers going through there, webs going through, like really is just can't help but just keep your eyes glued to the screen like what starts out as a villain of the week as someone that miles isn't taken seriously at all becomes a giant threat and one i cannot wait to see more of but yeah across the spider-verse has so much heart and fun like it's, it's darker than the first as, as mentioned earlier but there is this emotional level that travels all the way through, that really does make you reflect and think about, like, your family and how you were brought up, you know, by your parents and such. Like, family and love certainly are a big theme in this film. And I feel they captured it perfectly and and, and so, so well between Miles and his parents. And again, between Gwen and her father as well. Like, there's so many emotional range and levels there. There's a beautiful moment between Miles and his mum that, like, I was just sat there and I was like, is someone cutting onions in here? Like, this is actually really really beautiful like it, it, it's nothing massive or anything like she just lays it all out for miles and again like i say it just puts him on this path that he he is on for this film it's really remarkable really beautiful moment but without rambling any more than i have like i'm, I'm gonna have to leave it there because I, I don't want to dive into spoils and if you do want to talk about the film more in depth then absolutely do get in touch but as, as, as mentioned as i've gone over this film uh, in this review sorry it is an absolute glorious achievement what they've done. Like they've really, really excelled in this. Like I, as I said, didn't mind the first one. A lot of people loved it. A lot of people couldn't understand how I didn't really enjoy it as much as I did the first one. But there is no denying that this second instalment is absolutely breathtaking. It is so, so good. Like out of ten, it's a solid nine. You could even push me to nine point five. It would be a ten if the story was complete. Like, as we know, we're getting the next instalment and the next chapters next year, so I don't really feel I can give it a 10 for an incomplete story, but please don't hate me for that. (laughs) I'm not saying, like I say, it's just, it is 
excellent. It's an excellent film that everyone's going to go in and come out and just be absolutely blown away by what they've seen, the story, the animations, everything. It is a lot of fun. The film ends in such a way that you just want to curl in a ball and scream as you want the next film to start instantly. Like, it reminded me in a way of how I felt, you know, when the Pirates of the Caribbean, I remember when, when Pirates of the Caribbean 2 came out all those years ago, when that ended, I was like, come on. And then again, this film, I was like, come on. <laughs> like, really, really, like clocking in at two hours and 20 across the Spider-Verse, I could have happily sat there for another two and a half hours and watched the next film. Honestly, it is that good. So I'm going to leave it there, but thank you for listening to me waffle and kind of praise, gush, whatever you want to say about Spider-Verse. It's really, really excellent. Cannot wait to see the next one. Uh, I just cannot wait to see and hear what people think of it as well. I'd be surprised if anyone says that this is lower than a 9 out of 10 because, wow, really, really great. But as always, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. The next episode will be episode 150. Can you believe? Don't miss that, honestly. But I just want to say a massive thank you for your constant support, for listening, plugging, sharing, whatever it is, how you do it. It just means the absolute world. And do so get in touch, in particular about this film. You're going to have an absolute blast. As always, though, thank you so much for listening. Until the next episode, take care. <laughs>